This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. Yeah, well, I guess we're recording. Will, uh, well, what up, High Fivers? Uh, this is your boy, High Five Tom. Uh, it seems like in the two and a half weeks recorded, I forgot how this works. Uh, Will, how the fuck are you, my friend? You know, we're, we're back. It's like we, we've risen from the grave. We, we've, I'd like to say we're well rested. That we're ready to give this another go, but uh, I don't know. Maybe Tom's more well rested, but uh, yeah. you know, I'm still beat. I'm still working that that retail grind. It's been a it's been a rough one as of late, but we're here and we're going to talk about Ring of Honor after we probably talk about a bunch of other stuff. But and uh, Tom, and- welcome back to a well. I guess no. I guess I should say welcome back to your Thank central you. time because you were on the East Coast time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we went East Coast time Friday afternoon, I think. And we're, uh, no, shit, yeah. Oh, wait, no, you're right. It was right, our first day, yeah, driving through Indiana, you're right. So, yeah, back on Central Time, um, back to plugged into the Matrix kind of a little bit. Um, but I, I did uh, text uh, Will and Brendan. Uh, if you want to get in on our group text messages, make sure you hit up that Patreon uh, that we haven't set up yet. Um, but Will, I've got some breaking news for you. Well, it's our, I, I, my guess was that we're off the air, but as, as we're recording, that obviously isn't the case. So no, no we are, uh, we are on the air until, uh, pretty much December of 2031. Cause I don't think I want to cover any of Tony Khan's ring of honor. So I don't, know, I don't mean to preemptively make that discussion, but I mean, we've got eight and a half years of, Content. You you don't you don't want to potentially cover three hour episodes of TV. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, but uh, anyone that listens to the Ring of Honor Everly, hopefully you are listening to uh, the head of uh, one of our networks, the Shining Wizards. And uh, Will, what is uh, our, our good friend, Mister Matt Bowman, uh, former guest of? Uh, Marking out with High Five Tom and hopefully future guest of this show. Uh, what question besides eating horse meat does Matt like to ask people? Oh, no. Tom, he asked people and the last time they shit their pants was. Well, uh, Tom's last time he shit his pants clock is at about uh, roughly, as we record here, about uh, 115 minutes. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. 
Yeah, actually, no, more like 135 minutes. So we've, um, spoiler alert, uh, as I look at the clock, Will and I have been on the Zoom call for one hour and five minutes and been recording for three. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I I had a close call the other night. I, I almost had to send you guys a text saying the clock has been reset because it was, like when I say it was close, I'm saying like the the potential for for a cl- for like a climactic situation was like imminent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this. this but is- damn, that sucks. Everybody, send your as you're listening. Go to the comments section of whatever app you're listening to. Put an F in the comments to uh, show respects. <laughs> um. Let us know the last time you shit your pants. <laughs> so, uh, shout out, shout out in a great interview this week with Lance Anawoya um, of uh, Alt or uh, Noble fame. Uh, had a great pants shitting story um, that included Sam Houston, which was awesome. So, make sure you're checking that out. But, uh, yeah, so it wasn't as bad as I thought when I got home, which was thankful. Um, but we, as I talked to Will, I had my year of the end party for, uh, for one of my Milwaukee Brewers jobs because. Brewers were ceremonially eliminated from the playoffs after two games of shit in the bed. Um, set some dinner, and I'm like, I got home. I was feeling pretty good. I'm like, well, I could work for an hour, or I go for a walk. Well, I went for a walk, Will, because it's 60 degrees out in October. And, that was uh, going to be my next question. Were you in the car on the way home from said party, or no. were you up? Yeah, I was I was out in a boat on my walk, and I was probably, I don't know, five blocks, probably three blocks from the point of no return when uh, – the stomach started rumbling, and I'm like, okay, there's an outhouse. They're doing construction at one of the parks. I'm like, okay, I'll just, all I got to do is make it to the outhouse, make it to the outhouse, and said construction is done, and there's no more outhouse. So I uh, I, I had a deposit there on the in the bushes there. I did the best I could to bury it at the park. Um, <laughs> I did, honestly, when I got home, I did pretty good, actually. Um yeah, I I didn't really shit my shorts as bad as that one time that we talked about on here where it was just yeah, um yeah it wasn't horrible but I'm telling you my ass I've got a bad case of diaper rash after walking, you know, three quarters of a mile home with uh yeah without having to wet my ass so yeah the clock is at, at zero. Well, it's at that's a real bummer. Yeah. What what gets me is that I live on the third floor. So like if something like that hits me, like not only do I have to like rush home, I've got to get up three flights of stairs. Oh, yeah. And more often than not, when I lose it, it's like in that last stairwell up. Like I'm so close. Like my hands like reaching for that door handle. <laughs> like you know, like because my door handle, like my apartment door, is like right at the top of the stairwell. So like, I just like get so close, and it's like. But there's that dread, right? Because it's like that motion, like the way your legs move. It's like you can't, like, it's terrifying. Yeah. But sorry to hear that, Tom. Uh-huh. Uh, join, the, join the Wizards Discord. Tom posts about where he walks for his route so you know where to avoid. Um, <laughs> or if you want to go find it, I guess, you know, if you're one of those. That, you know, that's, you know, that, I mean, you're more, more part to you. It's, it's at Cooper Park. Um <laughs> Not Pooper Cooper, um, which is the neighborhood's named after. So I, I tried doing the right thing, but I mean, it's in a bush. I mean, there shouldn't be any kids running through it or anything. So um, it is raining and everything. I did the best I could to bury these wood chips. And... Oh, yeah. no. 
You know, and it, <laughs> and I was really, really impressed with my not actually shitting my pants, if that makes sense, because there was not much to clean up when I got home, so that was good. Um, so if you're wondering why my hair is all quaffed here, because I just jumped in the shower, so. Yeah, so now I'm going to text Brennan and, for his request. I'm please give you a little spoiler alert here, but uh, yeah, so we're kind of doing the Shining Wizards gimmick, and it's funny, as this was happening, Will, well, I was like, oh, great podcast fodder. That's the first thing I thought of, so. Um, Will, Will, I mean, since last time we recorded, uh, I had a wedding anniversary, number six. But you had a birthday. So happy birthday. I had a birthday. I had a birthday indeed. And then this past week, we uh, I don't know if we can quite call it a double header in Boston because there was a day in between, but went to Brighton Music Hall last Thursday to see there was a fellow there named Nate Bergman opening. He was pretty all right, but we were there mostly to see the Tejon Street Corner Thieves and Amigo the Devil. That's a really cool name. I Brittany told me they got their name because they used to busk. Okay. And somebody accused them of stealing their spot. So they started calling themselves the Tejon Street Corner Thieves. I like that. It's worked out for him since now they're <laughs> touring around and playing these big shows. Yeah. So that's a pretty big place. I know because uh, Amigo the Devil is getting pretty huge, isn't he? He does. He still plays like, I'd say, like on venues that are on the smaller side. So like the shows like always sell out. Yeah, because I actually, that's one of the last guests on the Kevin Gill show, which is a huge influence on my podcast. So. Uh, Mr. Kevin Gill, hopefully you're doing well, my friend. So, so we've seen him at um, just for like an idea. If there, any listeners are aware of just like the area or whatever, um, the Royale, uh, the Sinclair in Cambridge, and we just saw him at Brighton Music Hall. Yes. He also we missed it, but within the last year, a show fell through. And he wound up doing an impromptu show at the bar I used to go to shows to all the time. That's but cool. I was at work. She wasn't comfortable going alone. And there was no pre-sale for tickets. Like, you had to just show up at the door and get in. I mean, it's not a big place. I don't know what their, their cap is to say something is sold out. Yeah. But that little room, I'm, I'm sure, like, people probably mobbed it. That's cool. It would have been cool to see, like, super intimate. But he is, I highly recommend the show. Even if you're not the biggest fan of the music, seeing the live show is incredible. And he is, every time we've seen him, like we've seen him three times within like the last like year, year and a half or whatever. And each time it's been different enough to say it's worth going every time. Wow. He comes through. Hmm. I need to. Set lists are different enough. Arrangements are different enough. A lot of personality and stage banter, like between him and the crowd, him and the band. Like, wow. Yeah, I, I've been slack. I mean, I go. I mean, I was like, go to a, a solid trip to live or wrestling, but I really need to get back into seeing concerts. And then my next concert, 
hopefully, I haven't gotten my ticket for it yet, is uh, going to be Protest the Hero when they come through with my friends in Moontooth and a band called the Callous Dow Boys, who are very good. And they're the band that I notoriously missed by like 10 seconds the last time they played around here because I went to the same Brighton Music Hall, but it was college move-in day. And there was nowhere to put a car. Always the park. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Okay, I remember. I, I got there. I was walking through the front door when I heard them say, "Thank you, Boston. We'll be back soon." <laughs> Good. And then uh, we went and caught uh, a Bruins game, second game of the regular season. Saw the Bruins get a win over the Predators. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it was a great time. Uh, the only downside was uh, that was the night my car started making all the horrible noises that I should have known it was going to start making because I had made an appointment to get my car inspected. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, pretty sure it's the rear brakes that have over 100,000 miles on them. So you know, it's. <laughs> you know, when you, you, you know, when you watch like the cooking shows and they take the two knives and they kind of sharpen them on each other, that's what my. My 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 car sounds like here and there. <laughs> I, I know that sound all too well. So. And, uh, you you kind of look in there, and it, they do look a little worse for wear just just by looking like at the back tire. So, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. TD is a great place to catch a game. Parking was more expensive than I remember it being the last time we went, but you know, is what it is, right? It's early in the season. Bruins are doing well. Can't say the same for uh, the New England Patriots or the Boston Red Sox. So, but the Blue Celtics are not too bad. So, um, that's what I've heard. Like, I just don't. I'm not as educated in the basketball. Um, because no basketball. That's something else. <laughs> um, now, um. That is, is that the old Boston Gardens or is that just a completely different building? I couldn't tell you. I do not know enough about it to say if it's this, the same building or a different building that you're thinking of. It's just the TD Garden, home of, they do wrestling pay per views there and, and shit like that. Like SummerSlam was there not too long ago. Well, Will, I'm looking at the schedule here, and it looks like the Carolina, or wait, no, the Panthers? Florida Panthers play the Boston Bruins at TD Garden on at 2.30 on April 6th. Just get in the back of your mind, and maybe Faith and I can fly in on the or something like that, and we can pick a Bruins game. Could. Yeah, they also played the ninth, which is the day. The 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 Panthers. Another fun trivia question. That was the the first game Brittany and I went to really? uh, last season. She won tickets at work, and we saw Bruins Panthers. Are tickets super hard to get? I honestly couldn't tell you, having only, and I mean Brittany bought them. Like I had no real input on it beyond the 
is this far enough out you could try to request a, a shift to be out in time? Okay. Yeah, cause it's a, it's a it's a Saturday afternoon game. I mean, I will say, like, if you if you did decide you wanted to pursue something like that, where we park when you go to park at the garden that when like when we're just there, what you when you pay to park, you're paid through for the whole day up to three a.m. the next day. That's nice. But as far as what availability and stuff like that would look like closer to, if you weren't quite ready to commit to something that far out, I honestly have no idea. Probably depends on how the season's going. <laughs> yeah. Is it really $190 a ticket? Uh, potentially. That's the cheapest. Okay. Um, let's keep it in the back of the work as Will and I are booking shit, like I said, as we... Uh, this is straight off the cuff, folks. This is, I mean, yeah, this is this is totally random. So, yeah. y'all know I don't take notes. So, yeah, let's uh, let's definitely keep that in mind. So, once we know what day we're actually going to fly out, um, we'll definitely kind of plan. Let, let's let's stick a spoon in that porridge. You know what I'm saying? I I do know exactly what you're saying. So, said, I'm pretty sure Face never been to an NHL game. I've only been to, gosh, it's only be my third NHL game. So. That'd be fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good shot for that. So, um, real quick, I mean, like I said, we could go into what's been going on in the last past two and a half weeks. You know, obviously, I just had a great trip, Will, but uh, we've got a bunch of questions of dishonor and actually a solid chunk of ring honor. Um, but I do want to go over a couple things. Listen, like uh, my better half did post on the Instagram, uh, you know, that we went on a trip and uh, how many books we came home with. And the final tally is 35. Um, 35. 35. 24 books and 11 comic books. Well, yeah, 24 books and graphic novels. Um, but I did send you a picture. Well, that, that was going to be my next question. When you say comic books, are you count, like are you are we talking like single issues or are we talking about like the trade paperbacks like you're holding in your hand? I am talking about single issues. Hell um, yeah. But they're actually all free. Uh, I ran uh, Shit, I can't remember the name of the company. We went to a really cool comic book shop in uh, what, or, uh, South Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, but yeah, so do you know a Arif Peranto or Mark's, uh, Mark Silvestri? Mark Silvestri, yes. He is one of the original. It's so funny you're holding that up, Tom, because I, right next to me, have the hardcover deluxe edition. Uh, <laughs> Of of that that run, no shit. Because that's a DC black label. I buy just about everything that's got that DC black label. Okay. Publishing. Because it's usually a little more, it's a little more adult. It's a little darker. It's not necessarily canon stuff, so they can get away with getting kind of like out there. Um, for if you're an older comic head, first of all, Mark Silvestri was one of the original Image guys. So like when Todd McFarlane first started um, Image Comics, Mark was one of the first people on that bandwagon. But uh, the DC Black Label is kind of like what uh, Vertigo was back in the 80s. Your Vertigo that was publishing like um, your Preacher and stuff like that. Stories that were a little too gritty and maybe pearl clutching 
that parents wouldn't want their little kiddos to pick up off the uh, hmm. the old Detective Comics newsstand. Yeah, it's a uh, Batman and the Joker. It's uh, it's free. It's a special. Weekend, so. I I started reading that last night. It's I'm 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 into it so far. That was crazy. Um, yeah, I got a Captain Marvel number one. Obviously, this is a reissue. But yeah, these were all free. Uh, I got the Star Wars: The High Republic, part of Marvel, I guess. And I was today years old when I found out that DC stands for Detective Comics. Yeah, I got yes. the, the Amazing Spider-Man. Wonder and kind of on that note about it being free, it's always worth checking out. Like, so there's I don't go to them a lot because I haven't always had the best experience there. But there's a store called Double Midnight, and they had a promotion running through the summer that they had nights where kids could come in and get free comic books. Like it was like Tuesdays and Thursdays, I think. It was like they had like special comic books that were set aside to get, just give to kids who came into the store. Oh, nice. And yeah. a lot of them have stuff just kicking around that they'll just like the shop I go to, like they they had a signing once for like a, it was a local artist named uh, Rich Woodall. And he had done a sign, whatever. And like, I just went in to get my stuff. And he's like, Oh, I, I held one of these aside for you, too. And it was like a, a little signed, like, Ashcan comic. And it's like, Oh, that's cool. And, like, I didn't go out on free comic book day because I didn't have any money. And even though there's free comic books, like, you, it's like they're, they, you still, I still want to give some money. And I didn't have money to shop, so I didn't go. And they saved me like one of every free comic book day thing that they had and put it in, in my box. Nice. So you never know what you'll find. I mean, and there's every shop has dollar bins. And depending on how many you look to get, they probably would even give you some on the house just to <laughs> clear up some space. Um, yeah, so it's called Lost Legion Games and Comics, The Rifleman. Yeah, in South Charleston, West Virginia. Um, it's a shop That's state. right. You got to go and say high five Tom sent you. Yeah, we wrote them a very nice review, but I ordered a copy. Uh, I know, let's say, I mean, well, the next year I ran into a copy, but I ordered a copy of The Watchmen, uh, you know, that I need, and uh, also a copy of uh, Killing Joke. So, speaking of going with the Alan Moore thing, so. I, too, just got a copy of Killing Joke. Oh, nice. I pulled the trigger because I had lots of Amazon money from uh, from my birthday. So I'm pretty sure I brought it up on air, but there was a series that DC did of one shots called One Bad Day, yep. which are all like non-canon stories that are kind of like along the lines of a killing joke idea of like it just takes one bad day, and then like you become the bad guy basically. Yeah. So they put out initially, it was you buy the box and it would give you the Riddler one because that was the first one, That's and cool. a copy of Killing Joke, kind of like has bookends. And the idea was that you would buy the the hardcovers as they would come out to fill up the box. However, on Amazon, since they're all out, I, instead of paying $150 for a full box set, paid $90. Wow. So I got eight, nine hardcover books for nine for $90. Each of those typically goes for like 18 on its own. Wow. I know Amazon 
is not cool, but you know, a nearly fifty percent savings is is pretty cool. Yeah, that's really fucking cool. So we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to plan out our, our reading of Killing Joke when it, when that happens, so we can we can discuss fresh. Yeah, and so you picked up Detective Comics by James Tynan, who is apparently from Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> I I think that because I just list uh, my friends in Comic Book Keepers just did an episode about a series called Something is Killing the Children that he's writing. Yeah. Pretty sure they said he's from Milwaukee. It's like, go figure. Tom picks up a random Batman comic, and it's by the guy who's from Milwaukee. Yeah, volume one, Rise of the Batman. Batman Detective Comics, you know, just like... Yeah, because I actually said... Really, anything by him is... Like he's on another level. Like he's on that level where it's like if you see his name on it, just buy it because you know it's going to be good. Nice. He wrote. He's got a series coming out now called um, Blue Book, which is about a New Hampshire couple that reportedly got abducted by aliens. Oh. Oh no! I need to. What I just said is apparently wrong. This is saying he's from New York, so. They sent some up Milwaukee. Maybe he went to school. Marquette's I mean. No. 1987, grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Nice. So then he moved to New York. And that sounds pretty pretty awesome. Uh, pretty, pretty on point, so. Yeah, his stuff on Batman. I've heard I heard his run on Batman was, wasn't the longest, but that he did a lot of cool stuff with it, which I mean... Again, if you want to read Nice House on the Lake, I haven't read that yet. I've heard that's really good. Something is Killing the Children and all its spinoffs have been really good, and the Netflix is adapting that into a series. Netflix is putting out some good shit. Yeah, it's I, I agree. We're, we're watching the latest collection of Great British Bake Off, so... <laughs> um. Yeah, and like I said, it turns out one of the guys I, I work with is good friends with uh, Michael Kingston of uh, Headlock fan because he is also a comic book writer and Buddy Doug. So we're going to hopefully get him on the podcast here. But uh, one last thing here real quick before we get into all of our questions is Dishonor. Um, and we should probably actually start with the comic book one. But um, Faith and I were in Washington, D.C., and we found this really cool uh, breakfast slash coffee shop slash bookstore. Uh, called Buff Boys and Poets, inspired by Langston Hughes. Uh, it is very pro uh, LGBTQ plus and also BLM. Uh, but I got this graphic novel here called The Last Count of Monte Cristo. Um, anyone that knows me knows that the, the Count of Monte Cristo is one of my favorite books of all time by a Tristan Roach and Azim Jama Everett. Uh, but basically, it's called an Afro-futuristic Retelling of Alexander Dumas' 19th classic, The Count of Monte Cristo. So I'm very intrigued to see how this goes. So we'll have to add this onto the, the, the list and everything. So, but yeah, if you're ever in DC, make sure that you go into Bus Boys and Poets. The food was great. Uh, the book selection was awesome. So, what's, uh, what's the publisher on that, Tom? Uh, Megascope, maybe? 
Abraham Comic Arts. Oh. I'll see if I can find uh find a link. I'll 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 look it up. Yeah, maybe well, I'll add it to my to my 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 shopping list. Yeah, I mean, in, uh, you know, Will and I are very pro, um, you know, uh, the the Black Lives Matter movement at least, and everything, everything LBGQ too. So we're very, you know, pro that way. So really support. I'm really intrigued by this book. Um, yeah, and listen, I love the kind of Monte Cristo. Let's see here if I can find last. Yeah, it's something different. So I like different stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's on Amazon. I got it right here. Oh, you found it? Sure did. Then you will. Oh, shit, this just came out, too. Claims that cultural, cultural authority has been lost to them and suggests a total future that could threaten the human race. They continue to destroy our planet. It's basically a book that my in laws is not to be a big thing. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about that, though. Yeah, well, then Tom, upon, Tom, upon telling me about that, said, I said, Oh, there's a German power metal band that did a a concept album about that. So I, Tom's got that sitting in his inbox too. Yeah, I, I saw that. So I was like, oh, I'm going to pull it back up here. I don't know if it'll be your cup of tea, but, you know, it's it's there. <laughs> I like tea. Especially green tea. Give me some honey. Um, yeah, it's called, what's it called? It's uh, Vandenplass. Robin Christ Zero. <laughs> now we're... See, I've listened to the album, but I do not really know the total story. Like I I know like some pop some some bits and pieces here and there. But I don't know the full story. So I probably obviously I listened to the album and didn't uh wasn't getting like the ooh parts of the story you know what i mean yeah yeah it's it's yeah top five favorite books i mean it's a big one uh but it's a quick read it reads it's funny it's because it's i mean it's translated obviously from french into english so it reads like yoda a lot of talking like you know like yoda would so that's really cool so um and real quick speaking of music and podcast too um i did share this with our, our good friends mr freed's but i also sent to will but uh, the Josta podcast actually has had the lead singer of Baroness. I know there are a couple high fivers out there that listen to this and really enjoy Baroness. So um, it's a great podcast. They, they really kind of dig into the creative process of why they do what they did, which I thought was awesome. So it's definitely worth a listen, even if you don't listen to this podcast normally. So yeah, totally check it out. Um, but Will, we have some question of Dishonor, and I believe one's actually about comic books, isn't it? Oh, uh, do we do we have questions? Yes, and real quick, uh, shout out to Rob. 
Uh, Rob and Dan Griffin, they are starting a new series. Actually, I think it's basically one episode. Uh, they are reviewing, uh, like they like to do, their first and last episode of Saturday or Shotgun Saturday Night. Uh, so that is my cue to listen to. So um, make sure you guys check out everything those guys are doing. Um, but, Rob, you did have a question from October 2nd about um, Dad uh, Don't Wait Dad Tournament. We will get to that question next week. Um, that's going to take some digging, some thinking, so don't think that we missed it. So, um, but do you have Rob's other questions? So, Rob asked, since we're talking about, I also appreciate the Rob sites because we know Rob listens because he cites specific, like, he'll cite like the episode number and like everything when he's like. Oh, talking about this topic from this episode. So with the talk of comic book grading from episode 92, pick a Ring of Honor 2013 roster member for each other to grade on a comic book scale. Also, which member of the ROH roster would be most valuable in mint condition? Oh, wow. All right. Um. So I guess how do we how do we want to choose to grade this? So typically, if you're grading a comic book, you're grading the condition it's in. the 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 rarity plays a part in it. If it's signed, obviously. Um, Funny enough, um, I've learned this by listening to a comic book co- podcast that a lot of people get really really bummed out if books come out with white covers because white covers never get really good grades. They always ding for discoloration around the staples. Really? Stupid. Yeah, but I mean, that's... Well, uh, you know, I'm going to say we're definitely not going to pick B.J. Whitmer because he's not in good condition. Or in good standing. <laughs> or in good standing. Um, yeah. I mean, so this would almost be not to derail Rob's question. But like, if this was like a trading card question, it's like, oh, do you have a mint condition Samoa Joe rookie card? Yeah. But wow. I mean, I feel like if you had a mint condition Jay Briscoe, most valuable. Yeah. That's, I mean, now that you mention it, I was trying to think something. That, that's that's what I would say. If we had a mint condition Jay Briscoe today, that would be that's the most valuable. Do you think he's more valuable than a Kevin Steen? Being that Kevin Steen is so yes, popular? okay. I would say yes because we because Kevin Kevin Owens is still a thing, so it's not necessarily the same Kevin Steen. But it is still out there. Kevin Steen theoretically could come back and make a comeback in the real life, is what you're saying. He could. But I feel like at this point, because the chapter of Jay Briscoe is closed, that uh Wow. That that, that limited run is over, you know? I mean, Will, if you had a mic those right are now, those those are collectors items. If you had a mic right now, you should probably drop it because you're really not gonna beat that. Yeah, that's the I mean you really nailed it right on the head there, right there. There is not going to be any more uh, 
Jay Briscoe heading to the presses. No. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I, you can't top that. That's right. I mean. Hmm. So anyone besides Jay Briscoe? Um, so hmm. maybe it's maybe more of a discussion thing. But like, like if we were to grade like a Roderick Strong, right? He's he's been beat up. He's been banged up. Really, you know, he's got neck issues. Yeah, that, that, that probably right. that's gonna, that's going to affect the quality. Is it in demand? Is Roger Strong in demand? Uh, I'd say yeah. Yes and no, right? Like I feel like there there is an audience clamoring for it, but is it is it a big enough audience to make it worthwhile? You know, is, are people going to want a graded Roger Strong? Yeah. If you look into like the if you look into like if you really go into the grading stuff and how they try to figure out like what covers are going to be like the most like desired ones, even out of just like the A and B like standard variants that come out, like it's mind blowing to be like, oh, I thought it was going to be this one, so I got this, but it turns out it's the other one, or blah, blah, blah. it's like I can't, I can't with all this. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now. Like we, we were we were picking on uh, DJ Whitmer, you know, for being being canceled earlier and everything. Does that deter the value, or does that like a Davy Richards, for example? Um, let's say mm-hmm. allegedly the things that happened to Davy Richards, um, or that he, allegedly that he did, would that enhance it? Like, like I mean, he, you could argue Davy Richards, right, to Senator its allegations. Also an immaculate worker. Really, really crisp, clean worker. You know the artwork is going to be great. Is the storytelling the best? Maybe not. Maybe the, the words on the page aren't quite as good as, uh, as the pictures are. <laughs> right. But I feel like... Uh, I feel yeah. like uh, BJ Whitmer would be in that category where it's like, yeah, we don't really want to talk about that guy i mean because yeah i mean like for example like all those those quote unquote you know canceled dr seuss books i mean the value of those things shot through the fucking roof um, and i've got a couple i mean that that gets me because it's like they just stopped printing them like you can still find copies but they stopped printing them mostly because they didn't sell them anymore either like they weren't the ones that everybody's trying to go out and buy yeah I mean, you can go through any book. I mean, I'm sure if we go through the Count of Monte Cristo, there's a lot of stuff that you'd read in there. It's like, you know, in modern setting, this doesn't read great. This doesn't look good. Yeah, I mean, 1,200 pages of shit, but it's such a good book. Um, right, so I mean, there's stuff is going to, there's some stuff that's going to translate, some stuff that's not. I mean, especially, I mean, if you just want to look at comedies alone, I mean, are we going to cancel Mel Brooks for all of the jokes that were in Blazing Saddles? Or any Mel Brooks thing? Or really any, yeah, any Mel Brooks thing? And speaking of Blazing Saddles and Mel Brooks, if you're a, a mark like I am and you watch the commentary on things, don't watch the one with Mel Brooks. He doesn't even talk about the movie. It's, I mean, it's funny, but yeah. He just... <laughs> so it's like us with Ring of Honor? 
Yeah, no shit. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, David Richards, like you said, that's a very good, I mean, you're obviously, I'm, I'm new to this whole comic book thing. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, David Ripley said very good pictures, very not maybe the best writing, but, you know. You could still probably find somebody that would want to make, like, it's tough to answer too, because right, because it's you're you're grading an issue based on kind of like its current state. So if we're if we were to grade Davy Richards now, like Davy Richards, you if we're sending in Davy Richards to get graded today, he's in great physical condition, not the best social standing, and is it? You know, I mean, the biggest thing is the physical condition. So I mean, he's in great physical conditions, right? So you'd have to grade him pretty well. Yeah. He just might not be worth that much, despite being graded really well. <laughs> hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I'm trying to think, Rob. I hope you're. I, I really appreciate Rob's question. So I hope Rob is satisfied with our. <laughs> I mean, kind of mucking around his question. <laughs> I mean, I mean the Jay Briscoe man. I mean that's. I mean, you really nailed it on that one, Will. I mean, after that, really, it's kind of all downhill after that. It's the perfect answer. That's that's the grail piece to find a mint condition, Jay Briscoe. Yeah, that's the... Uh... But as we also touched upon, you know, some of these important books don't grade well, but they're still worth so much money. So, I mean, even a, a 4.0 Jay Briscoe is yeah. better than no Jay Briscoe. Yeah. So, well, I mean, uh, Jay, obviously, we missed you. I mean, we don't say that. It's been a while, but we will talk more about Jay Briscoe uh, coming up. But We're going to uh, talk more, more Jay Briscoe every week for the next 10 years. That's awesome. Uh, that makes me very happy. Um, but this is an old question uh, Rob submitted after we had recorded. Like I said, we had to record because uh, Will was about to celebrate uh, you know, another year on the sun and I was unplugged from the Matrix for 10 days, but um, that question of dishonor from October 4th. And Rob, thank you again for putting these on the pin tweet. It makes it a lot easier because I'm not very good at the Twitter machine. Uh, but after all the poker chat on this week's show, uh, which four Ring of Honor 2013 characters would you invite over for a poker night? Um, now, Will, are we just automatically just taking Mark Briscoe off because Mark Briscoe is pretty much the answer to every question? No, because you don't, you got to have Mark Briscoe, right? Okay, so we're going to find three I, other I, I, I'm going to pick Truth Martini because that son of a bitch is always wearing sunglasses, so I'm hoping I can catch the reflection of his cards in his sunglasses. <laughs> um... You know, I keep on saying Jimmy Jacobs, but he'd probably be too good. Because the thing is, Truth Martini's also got the money kicking around. So you know if there's money to be made if Truth Martini comes in. But is he good at poker? Probably. I don't want him to be good at poker. I want to win his money. I know, that's what I'm thinking. So, I mean, I mean there's Prince not out, but he's got money, but no... Yeah, Mark Briscoe got Truth Martini. Who else are you thinking? Steve Carino. 
That was someone that popped into my mind too. I don't think someone's got money, but wouldn't be very. Why is Adam Cole ringing in my head? Hey, he's your world champion. He was all over both. He was all over both things we watched for this week. And dressed very nicely, by the way. Flipped a switch. Yeah, I mean we've been we've been waiting for this for a while. All right, so we got Jay Briscoe. I mean Mark Briscoe. I mean, would you want Jay at that table too? Would you want Jay and Mark Briscoe sitting at opposite ends of the table? As long as they fight and I can get their cards and get their money. Maybe a Nigel or a Kevin Kelly. Ooh. It'd be fun just to have Kevin Kelly sitting there announcing as he's playing. I mean, Nigel's Nigel's into the magic stuff, right? Maybe he does some magic tricks during the during the poker game. You gotta check his sleeves for uh make sure there's no aces up there. Yeah, I'm so yeah, Nigel was in Chicago doing a magic show too a couple of weeks ago and I fucking missed it. I need to get out of the house more often. We we both do. Yeah. Not going to work. Well, you get out more often than I do, Will, so just, Yeah, but it's just going to and from work. Yeah, but I mean I go out every time I go out of the house and I almost shit my pants, so Well, hopefully that's not a trend that continues. Hopefully today is just uh, an anomaly. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So um all right, so we got Mark Briscoe, we got Truth Martini, Evan Kelly. Steve Carino? Steve Carino or Jay Briscoe? Uh, I say we put Jay Briscoe over Kevin Kelly. We're only going to do four. As you can see, Carino. But the game's at Kev, the, game, the game is at Kevin Kelly's house because he's a nice guy like that. <laughs> No, let's put Kevin Steen there instead of Jay. Yep, there we go. Mark Briscoe, Truth Martini, Kevin Steen, Steve Perino, playing poker at Kevin Kelly's house. Nigel McGinnis supplying the entertainment with his magic tricks in between hands. So, Yeah. And I did reach out to Kevin Garifo on this tweet, and he did not respond. But thanks again to KJG. Uh, if you're wondering what Rob's referring to with all the poker talk, so I did throw my Phil Hellmuth book in, uh, the two be red. So Phil Hellmuth is a poker player. So yeah, but Rob, as always, and then make sure you check follow UTT Rob on the Twitter machine. Um, I said I know him and Dan. I got some new content coming out. Uh, but yeah, make sure you you do uh follow whatever um. You know, unbooking the territory and all the stuff those guys are doing over there. So we appreciate all the support, guys. So, um, Will, you got anything else on this question before we move on to the next one? I don't. Let's let's keep this train rolling. Which one of SJ's questions do you want to answer first? Um, the non-merch one. So, Ring of Honor superstar is an action movie star. Ah, uh, yes. For me, it's got to be Mike Bennett. Really? He's got the look. He's got the charisma. I mean, especially now that we, like, with the, the, the Matt Bennett we see now, or Mike Bennett, rather, that we see now. Um, he's, you know, can be funny. Can be serious. You don't look sold, so I want to hear your answer. Who, who, uh, 
if you're if you're shooting casting this uh a, a, you know a big budget action flick who is your who is your starring man now are we going from just 2013 or ring of honor in general let me refer to the question to see if it just got it. specific um and real quick, I do want to shout out SJ. Um, she did put this on social media, so we are not, you know, putting out her personal information. I will be specific. Uh, send her some PMA if you can. Uh, SJ is a great supporter of the show and good friend of the show. Former guest, uh, going through some shit. Um, yeah, just send her some PMA if you could, you know, out there in, in the universe, people. So the um, the wording of the question is: What Ring of Honor wrestler do you guys think would be great in action films? So it doesn't necessarily have to be the lead role either. Who would ju who just has action movie vibes? Well, we we've said this before. Um, I'm gonna go a little pre 2013 and actually probably post. Um, unfortunately, somebody in uh, you know t Tony Khan's Ring of Honor. Uh, well, let's book Claudio as a James Bond. I mean, as like a hero or as a villain. I think we book him actually as Bond. You think he'd be a better Bond villain? I think Claudio's a better villain myself, yeah. Okay, that doesn't... He could be both. Cast it, you're wondering who the villain is the whole time? It's his evil twin, Claudio with hair. <laughs> so he's got to battle, yeah, Claudio's got to battle his twin. James Bond and, you know, or his brother. Um, he says stirred, not shaken. You know, uh, you could put, you know, obviously Nigel in that James Bond role, obviously. Um, action star. Someone's got charisma. Replace Vin Diesel with Eddie Kingston. In every movie. It's family. Uh, uh, no. Why am I having a brain fart on this all of a sudden? Maybe Richards, no. I mean, Mike Bennett, I mean, he's got the looks, he's got the charisma. Definitely not doing brutal Bob. Not probably not gonna do cheeseburger. For some odd reason, something we haven't talked about. Oh shit! I was gonna say Mike Mondo, but fuck it. I'm gonna say someone that was featured a couple times on this week's uh, episode of Ring of Honor Revelry. Um, someone that is a martial arts practitioner. Um, as long as he doesn't have to talk, I'm gonna say Tadarius Thomas. And Mike Mondo could be a sidekick. Mike 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 Mondo will be the mouthpiece. It'll, it'll be yeah. There we go. I almost thought you were gonna go with a Bobby Fish there. Ooh. We said the martial arts thing. It's like you know what? He's got he's already got like the villain pointy mustache. Ooh, Bobby Fish is a good pick. I know. Yeah, Bobby Fish. There you go, Will. Mike Bennett and Bobby Fish, those are our final answers. 
Yeah, I definitely think Claudio would be a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, you're probably right as, as a better villain. And maybe Nigel is, is James Bond and Claudio the villain. But yeah, Bobby Fish and Mike Bennett. Yeah, good call, Will. Yeah, I could definitely... Could Nigel, could Nigel be James Bond? Nigel doesn't do well in high-pressure situations. That's true. <laughs> yeah, or any kind of authority figure, so... Um... Yeah, hundred percent. So, all right. So, and we've got a second question from SJ. And yes, SJ, I need to get you and Eric your stickers. They're sitting in my house. I will get them mailed out someday. I promise. And what was the second question, Will? The last piece of wrestling merchandise that you bought, not tickets. From Ring of Honor. For merchandise in general. It just like wrestling. Shit. I had to do some digging because I the last wrestling related like apparel that I bought was the last Shining Wizards t shirt design. Nice. Before that, I couldn't tell you what the last actual shirt or whatever I purchased was. My most recent, if you want to count it, which I don't really, is I got a uh, I got a, a koozie from a cheap shop party. Nice. It says uh, SmackDown General Manager on one side, and it's got a picture of Angela White on the other. Nice. If you don't know who that is, look up a picture of Stephanie McMahon, then look up Angela White and make sure your safe search is on, maybe. <laughs> um, but before that was um, the last book from Brain Buster. Oh, nice. Um, wow, I... I... I hate to be this guy, but uh, I guess Burt Young died. I don't know if that's a, a bigger deal to you. I know it's a kind of my generation thing, but uh, yeah, Polly from Rocky. I thought he already passed away. That's why he wasn't in the movies, but uh, died dead at eighty three. So rest in peace, Polly from Rocky. Tom, what was the last piece of wrestling merchandise that you bought? Um, is it the shirt you're wearing? It, nope, actually, well, I mean, that is a good call. Uh, for the, I know this is a completely audio podcast, but I am wearing my United Empire uh, from Blacksmith Apparel. Uh, good friends of our former guest, uh, Mr. Trent Sabiri, uh, AAW fan. But uh, this is not actually my last one. He's a former guest of the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup and future guest. Uh, my good friend uh, from the Insane 8 2023 MVP, Tommy Trainwreck at Death Pro T-shirt. Uh, I bought that from him at the last ICW show. Yeah, that was Very my nice. Um, but yeah, before that, I mean, like I said, yeah, I, I bought this, and then I bought a Bone Soldier T-shirt. I bought a, a TMDK ZSJ T-shirt, and what was the other two I got? Oh, shit, why am I spacing it? Well. I two other new. I went on a big New Japan kick, so yeah. But I'm gonna show it. Yeah, my good friend Tom, Mr. Tommy Trainwreck. Uh his next, uh, his first show coming up. We love wrestling. 
I can hear about that all in the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. That's a different podcast. Also heard, heard on here on Business Gold Media. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got. But uh, SK, thank you as always. Uh, hope you're feeling better. Uh, so everyone sends some positive vibes. But um, Will, I think it's that time. Uh, we've got one more question here. And got the music queued up. No, I, <laughs> I just realized that I didn't have it queued up. Oh, <laughs> God damn it! I was trying it's to gonna play an ad. Or, it's gonna it's gonna play an ad or something. I know it. This is gonna. Well, um... oh, thank goodness. Uh, but this week's question of dishonor from our good friend Brendan, the Irish misfit on the Twitter machine. Uh, make sure you're following Brendan. Uh, he does a great job on the notes and the Shining Wizards. Uh, great contributor to this podcast. But it's question of honor, and it's book-related uh, this week. Um, I think Will and I will end up probably doing a Book of the Week podcast at some time in the future. Um, you know, I've got one job on this goddamn podcast, and it's to have that little sound queued up. And I last couple weeks, I've been dropping the ball. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, you've got you've got other jobs. I mean, Willie's got to show up and, you know, um, handle most of social media. But Brenna's question is, can you think of a movie or TV series based on a book that was actually better than the book? Um, Will thought I was going to say The Mist. I have not read The Mist yet. Uh, but, by the way, everyone, stay tuned. Uh, Will and I will be reviewing The Mist here in the next couple months, by the way. Uh, Brenna, it's finally going to happen. What's up? It's finally going to happen. It's been been talked about. Maybe by out. then I'll have watched Death Death to Smoochie by then too. Uh, you can hear a great review of Death to Smoochie also here on Visionary Global Media. Shout out to my buddy Ethan. Did uh, your what was it was the Craft? Is that the other one I was supposed to watch? I mean, you should watch the Craft, but I mean, there's a lot that you should watch. Will. What What was that other movie one that you did that you were, you were sitting on for a while? Did it? Thought it was the craft. Was the craft the coven? No. Heather's was it Heather's? Oh, Heather's. Heather's great movie. I just watched Pump Up the Volume too. Speaking of my teen angst, nineteen eighties movies. Um, yeah, you should watch Heather's. It, it might not. It might hit a little different for me, but um, watch it and then listen to the review maybe. But Brandon's answer is. Uh, I thought about Gangs of New York, but that's more of a historical book than a story, uh, so it's hard to count. Did you ever read? Did you ever see that movie and or read that book? Nope. Um, I do need to get that ba- that book back in the queue. I need to reread that. Um, great movie though. It's no, I mean, it's fucking Daniel Day Lewis and Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, you know, with Martin Scorsese, so you really can't go wrong. Um, it's on. I've got it queued up. I think on HBO. I think. Uh, but he's going to go with a Jurassic Park. I absolutely love the book. Hmm. Are you, are you not? Are you no selling Jurassic Park? I understand Brendan's answer. So can, go ahead and continue reading. <laughs> um. I think Jurassic Park, I absolutely loved the book and have quote-unquote read and listened to it many times. Uh, the movie, however, was unreal and such a blockbuster. Uh, the second book was just as good uh, as the first, but that movie sucked a dick. 
London Colts, not mine. So don't come at me, Michael Creighton or whoever. He is not wrong about the second movie, right? The second movie, not, good. not as great. But if we're looking at the first one, the movie is really good. I thought, have you have, have you read the book? I haven't. So, the first Jurassic Park book has a lot of stuff from the first Jurassic Park movie, also a lot of stuff from the second one. Oh, okay. Like, there's stuff that they pulled out of that first book and put into the second one, and then there's stuff from the second book that they put in the second one. They're both really good in their own ways. It's tonally, there's some stuff that's different, and like some of the characters, like they switched up like character portrayals quite a bit for some of the characters, like, um, uh, what's his name? Hammond. He's portrayed a bit differently in the book than he was in the movie. So I, I've got no beef with Brendan because I didn't read Brendan's full answer. I saw, I'm like, I'll wait and get the, the scoop so I can have a live reaction. And we got it. We got it. Better than the book. I can't say he's not wrong. You know, he's not wrong. So I guess I can say he's not wrong. No, I can't say he's not wrong. I can't say he's not wrong. Tom, do you want to go next or you want me to? Um, I'll go next. Um let's hear it. And uh it's not the mist. It's not it's not the mist. It's actually also a movie. Uh, it's actually the first movie uh, me and my buddy Andy had reviewed, um, and that is The Hunt for Red October um, by Tom Clancy. Now, you're going to wonder, um, Hunt for Red October is part of the Jack Ryan series, and the book, honestly, is... It already sounds terrible. <laughs> Anyways, um, the book is not good. Um, I am not a fan of it. And aren't you going to say, oh, Tom, didn't you read the whole Tom Glenn, Jack Ryan series? Yes, yes, I did. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, Without Remorse by Tom Clancy is one of my top five favorite books. Um, but Red October specifically, not great? No, but it's the most famous book out of the series, which is weird to me. Um, maybe it was a time... Because it has the movie. <laughs> um, well, it was really... I mean, I, I can remember... I read the book before the movie came out. And of course, I read it when I was like 10 years old, so go figure that out. Um, but it was more, I mean, it can't move because it's actually the second or third book in the series. So, it, yeah, it was just, I mean, maybe it was a time and place because those kind of books hadn't really come out yet. Um, you know, I know people are going to give me shit, you know, for reading Tom Clancy books. Uh, you know, come at me all you want. I mean, I read. I read some more books. I don't give a shit, you know. I mean, his politics may be a little off, but it is what it is. Uh, he did predict some crazy shit. Uh, if you want to know what I'm talking about, you can DM me on that. It's the stuff that kind of came to fruition. Um, you know, but uh, the movie's fucking great. It's got Sean Connery in it. It's got Scott Glenn in it. Scott Glenn fucking steals the show. Um, you know, obviously Alec Baldwin's in it, you know. It's, it's a timeless classic. You know, Alec Baldwin probably kicking himself for not continuing with that franchise, but the movie is way, way better than the book. Um, 
in my personal estimation. So, Will, it's probably not what you thought you were telling, but that's definitely the first thing that comes to mind when I said, so it's the hunt for October. Everyone should, A, listen to the review that me and Andy did a couple years ago um, and watch the movie. It's well, well worth it. Will, have you ever seen the movie? Probably not something. I've seen the movie. Okay. Um, it was a while ago. But I have seen the movie. It's like Sean Connery. Never, didn't, didn't realize it was based off a book. Yeah, it's 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 one of those movies where, you know, and it's pretty accurate to the book for the most part. Um, but yeah, the, the movie's just great. I mean, it was it is Sean. I mean, I'm a big Sean Connery fan. Um, you know, he's really kind of probably ten years removed from doing Bond at this point. Really kind of coming to his own. This is when Sean Connery was fucking prime. It's great. I re I really enjoyed it. So, um, will. What uh, what movie was better than the book? Yeah, in your estimations, I am gonna come out and say Blade Runner. Never read the book. Based on the book, do androids dream of electric sheep by Philip K. Dick? Oh, okay. I hear that book is really good, though. The book is good. It's like on all kinds of lists and everything. Towards the end, they go really kind of out there. So the movie, I think, keeping it more kind of like, like I'm making again, I'm making gestures that Tom can't see because my camera's not on. But and this is audio anyway, so another high five. The movie, I mean, the movie still has some weird stuff, right? Because you get like the different endings or whatever. But I, I think. Like when I think of something better, I I think Blade Runner is the is a good uh, answer for that question. Um, because Phil K. Dick's the one that he he wrote um, Man in the High Tower too, right? Or he wrote High Man Castle. in the High. Yep, Man in the High Castle. Okay. He also wrote a short story called "We'll Remember It for You" wholesale, which got adapted into Total Recall. Oh wow! Yeah, see, I always get Blade Runner, and I've never actually even seen Blade Runner. I always get Running Man and Blade Runner mixed up. So, have you seen the so the new Blade Runner? That's not a reboot; that's a sequel, right? I believe it was supposed to be a sequel. I admittedly have not seen it. Okay, but Blade Runner is really good, then, huh? Blade, I thought the original Blade Runner was good. I thought it was a good adaptation that kind of helped some of the issues at the ending. Again, not that it was bad, but it's like, all right, Philip K. Dick, like you're getting a little, like you're kind of like getting a little too far out there for your own sci-fi story. Is that book worth reading eventually? I would recommend, so what I would recommend reading is read Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. And read Neuromancer by William Gibson. Okay. And then watch the movie. Okay. You should read also read Neuromancer because it's very good. Batman Beyond drew a lot of influence from Neuromancer, and that's one of my favorites. Okay. But when uh, William Gibson wrote where was writing Neuromancer, he saw Blade Runner, and it's like, shit, this is what I was trying to do. They already did it. They beat me to it. 
Okay. You don't have to whisper. I don't have to whisper? No, I was talking to Brittany. She's whispering at us if we're still recording or not. Yeah. And Brittany, you're always welcome on the show. And no, we can't see you. Um, what was I going to say, Will? I don't remember. Oh, um, Nan and High Cat, is that like a book series or is that just a ser- like a book? And in the it series? is a novel. Okay. Have you watched that? We started watching the series. Um, I admittedly, uh, we kind of gave up on it because I kept falling asleep because we were watching it after work and I was falling asleep during the episodes. It was, uh, I was kind of the same way, for sure. Um, I heard it was really good, though, so it might be worth revisiting at a different time. Yeah, we can do that when we finally get to finish watching Yellow Jackets, which I'm really enjoying. We only have one episode left for that first season to watch. Yeah, you can't stay away for more than 10 minutes. We also haven't tried putting on Yellow Jackets because you you never want to watch it when we're eating. We Would always, you? I don't, it doesn't bother me any. You want to watch the cannibal show while we're eating dinner? Doesn't bother me at all. Yellow Jackets. Run. <laughs> we have one episode left of season one of Yellow Jackets to finish, and then there's a season two. Will it cannibals? It, uh, there, there's cannibalism in the show, yes. You ever seen Cannibal Holocaust? No. No, no, no. <laughs> I haven't either. Great. But... No, I mean, Brittany doesn't want to eat meatballs while watching a show about cannibalism. I mean, I, I guess I get it. It doesn't I mean, bother me none, but I'm also probably not the, the standard bear for such things. You know, you guys could just eat salads maybe while you're, while you're while you're watching it. So that's too fun. Um, well, Brandon, hopefully we did your question of dishonor justice. Um, thank you for your answer, and obviously, thank you, Rob. Thank you, SJ, for the question. So, yeah, put those uh, put those questions in the quint uh, in the pin uh, in the pinned tweet that Rob Will has on the Twitter machine. Um. But uh, real quick here, before we go to the main event of uh, Ring of Honor Reverie, as we've been recording here for well over an hour and haven't even talked about it yet, uh, make sure you're following all the great shows here on Visionaries Global Media. Um, Chad and Diesel are back. They are doing their weekly uh, view from the top, uh, top of the goalpost. I am not a fan of the football, of the American football, uh, but I do enjoy uh, those episodes. And make sure you're actually watching them on YouTube. Uh, Chad's doing a great job with all the fucking editing. And, uh, you know, they are the godfathers of VGM for a reason, so it's glad to have those guys back. Um, I know the Brain Buster Boys are on a little bit of a hiatus, but make sure you check out that back catalog of the Brain Buster Boys. Um, Chris Fox Games is back, and I know Dungeons and Junkies is back, too. Uh, Graham and this guy will be recording some Good Cop, Bad Cop. I did get a chance to see Graham, so make sure you're um, listening to that show. Great job. And, obviously, the boys over at Bands from Ringside. And uh, Brett and JCB are doing uh, the Phoenix Splash podcast. So that, along with Brad Club, should keep you all caught up on all kinds of Japanese wrestling. Um, and, oh, yeah, there's the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup and, obviously, Ring of Honor Revelry. Uh, but everyone enjoy this uh, commercial block of the Shining Wizards and make sure you're listening to all that stuff. And we'll talk to everybody after the break. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. 
Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, The Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. 
Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. High fivers, uh, this is your boy High Five Time and Will, and we are back. And like I said, make sure you enjoy all the great. <laughs> and I got snacks, so sorry for the rummaging and crunching. And Will's got snacks because it is past midnight his time, so hopefully he doesn't turn into a. Gremlin. This is literally a midnight snack. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So make sure you find all the great shows on the Shining Wizards Network, and uh, maybe there should be a new chopping it up this High Five Time episode that should pop up. On- but uh, I digress. So, Will, we've got some Ring of Honor wrestling to talk about. A new document going down in Hopkins, Minnesota, in the shadow of the Twin Cities. Original air date, September 28, 2013. Real quick, uh, the new camp, uh, Adam Cole comes out. Um, we got a new Matt. I don't know if you noticed that. So they are really kind of pulling up the whole new era thing. Uh, I think it turns out, well, I know this by now, but in the beginning I didn't know. But uh, Adam Cole is taking on the winner of the Honor Rumble in the main event. Um, you know, I had to chuckle because Adam Cole says uh, his reign starts September 20th, but it's never going to end never. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, and Oh, I'm sorry. Adam Cole's come out. Uh, he's running down Buck Elgin. Who couldn't get it down. Then he runs out Jay Briscoe for handing over the belt, calling a bitch. Uh, Jay calls once uh, he's clear. He's coming in, coming for his ass. Um, and obviously, like we talked a little earlier, man, Jay, we do miss you, uh, even in your mint condition. Is. Um, but Jay uh, Briscoe comes out to accost Adam Cole and he reminds Adam uh, that Jay did, you know, um, he did battle Jay for the belt and he couldn't get it done. Um, yeah. Some quick little uh, promo here, Will, that I forget anything in there real quick before we dump into uh, this card here? No, it was um, not – it was a little longer than, like, the promo we get on TV. Similar, similar kind of gist, but we get a very dapper new Adam Cole. Yeah. Getting the, getting the title flipped the switch. So we could have been having an Adam Cole personality this whole time. We just weren't getting one. Yeah, and uh, Will, Will and I talked um, in, in pre-production, you know, that uh, there are people that both do faces and are they do either face or heel better. Um, and cool by far better heel. Um, he's a great face in, in real life, but as a character, eh, not so much. Um, but Will, our first opening match, the Curtain Jerker. Uh, this is my weekly will guess who showed up on Ring of Honor this week text. Uh, we've got the uh, take, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, Red Dragon versus Monster Mafia. Will, who is in the Monster Mafia? That would be the North, Jason Alexander and Ethan Page. Josh Alexander, by the way. Josh Alexander, what did I say? Jason. Oh, that's funnier. Somebody Photoshop that. 
Jason Alexander. <laughs> Walking wet with George Costanza. Um, no, seriously, actually, yeah, somebody please do that. Um, but will so Bobby Fish hasn't been pinned in Ring of Honor yet? Did you realize that? I didn't realize, but every time they lose, it is Kyle O'Reilly, isn't it? Oh, so. Um, but interesting, Will, even in 2013, you could get pre-sale tickets for Ring of Honor at ringofhonorwrestling.com. Boy, if you could only get pre-sale tickets hmm. on Honor Club right now. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Well. But uh, great match. Listen, this is definitely one of those matches where I really just kind of sat down and watched because it's awesome. Um, anyone that knows me and my awesome, Josh Alexander is one of my favorites. Uh, this is pre-neck surgery, Josh Alexander. Uh, but I do love the innovative offense. Uh, is at one point, Kyle, uh, Josh Alexander at Kyle O'Reilly in the airplane spin. Uh, but he holds. But uh, Ethan Page runs by, spins him into a power bomb, and then uh, Ethan Page jumps on O'Reilly on the um, outside of the ring. I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, but in the end, uh, Alexander goes to ropes, gets his leg pulled. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly spins him around into that spinning DDT into chasing the dragon. And uh, Red Dragon wins the match. Uh, a lot of fun. A lot of awesome offense. Um, love, love, love this match. Uh, fingers crossed to get more of the Monster Mafia. Uh, but Will, more importantly, what happened after the match? So post-match, Red Dragon lays the title belts down in front of Monster Mafia. And Bobby Fish says they were right there. You guys were inches away. You must feel so terrible that you didn't get it. Then they stick their hands out. And we get a very sarcastic code of honor, but we get one nonetheless. Um, great fucking heel work by Bobby Fish. That I mean, that is something a little different. Um, and he is such a prick. <laughs> um you know, I, I know we didn't talk a lot about the match, but this was great. What your way to watch it. Um, and hopefully... Absolutely. It was... This was a really good... Commentary did a great... It was just Kevin Kelly at this point on commentary, but Kevin Kelly did a hell of a job putting over this. And, you know, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish made them look really good, too. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, and... Uh... I don't know how the maybe you know he's contracted to Impact. Um, maybe he doesn't want to go to EW because he likes his work in Indie Dates. Hopefully, I get to Josh Alexander here in a couple weeks. Uh, back at Berwyn. Um, how the fuck are, are Alexander and, and Ethan Page not teamed back up in Ring of Honor 2023? I don't get it. But it sounds like Ethan Page is getting a nice push right now, which is, I like to hear. He was great, and he seems like a, a solid human being too. So. Uh, but will our next match, uh, Silas Young, uh, you know from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, versus our poker playing Mr. Mark Briscoe, uh, with the aforementioned Adam Cole on the call. Um, goddamn, will I didn't know I needed this match, but these two have great chemistry, I and mean, these two are fucking made for each other. Um, and like we talked about, you know, Cole's here on commentary, full full heel. Um, you know, he's cocking off the Kevin, Ke you know, Kevin Kelly telling, you know, the pleasure's all yours, you know, 
Um, but Adam Cole is impressed with Silas's attitude. Uh, Cole talks all kinds of shit, and uh, you know they're still playing this match of champ. Or, champ, champ was a breeze. It still bothers me, but um, oh yeah, Mark and Silas have great chemistry. Uh, great to see Mark shine here, but in the end, Silas tries to duck Mark off the top or uh, knock Mark off the top rope, and Mark gets a sunset flip pin. And uh, to say Silas Young was stoked at the end of this match is a uh, is understatement, but uh. You know, was what's you know another great match that I didn't really take a lot of notes because I just was enjoying watching. But well, what do you think of this match? No, some of some some of its parts. Mark Briscoe, great. I mean, despite Adam Cole, you know, throwing out the jabs, like I, I love watching like somebody beat up a Briscoe, like it's my favorite activity or whatever. Still puts over the redneck kung fu, puts over the skill the skill that Mark Briscoe does have. And it's right. It's like Mark Briscoe is kind of a goofy character. Like he's he's a serious wrestler, but he like he is kind of like a goofy character to sort of have that playing off of Silas Young, who's coming downstairs, is like or down the ramp, and he's like, "Stand up and show some respect. I'm a professional." Yeah, I mean, he's the last real man in uh, professional wrestling. He's recently relocated to Washington D.C., but hopefully, we'll get to see. Get Silas on the show here once in a, enough, but uh, another great match. Kevin Kelly people. put over his his gimmick a lot too, and I like that Silas Young kind of came in and already had like a gimmick. He's like, "This is my shtick. Like, I'm gonna make this character my thing." So it's so nice to have a strong, defined character. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing this gimmick for for a couple years now in AEW. You know, like that that match we watched. So um, it was cool that the the Booker the Booker Man peoples at Ring of Honor were smart enough to let Silas be Silas. That's a great point. And he played so well. So um, yeah, and he definitely does not shake Mark's hand at the end, and uh, he puts a little weapon on Mark there towards. Oh, the yeah, he beats the he, he like he's gouging the face. He's slamming his head on the mat. He throws him into the barricade outside too, right? Mark Briscoe going to be in that fifteen man honor rumble. Yeah, but uh, we do get a fresh matchup, another great match. We got a tag team match of uh, Adrenaline Rush, Lethal uh, and Elgin. Um, you know, and honestly, Will, I know we're not fans of Michael Elgin as a human. You're not a big fan. Right. I hated this. Hated <laughs> the match. I thought some of the play between ACH and Elgin was fun. Like when ACH is trying to like run him, like shoulder tackle him down, yeah. and Elgin's like, "Try again. Just go ahead and try again." He's like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try again." I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not thrilled that a thrown together tag team is beating an established tag team. I mean. Yeah, but I mean, it's two of the biggest stars. I don't know. I really like this match personally. Um, I thought Elgin and Lethal had some good chemistry. Um, I'm not sure how far they're going to go. Hopefully, someday we get a, a Lethal versus the Darius Thomas match in the future. Um, yeah. yeah, and let's say I've got my notes here. Let's see how the ACH Elgin, you know, beginning with the shoulder blocks thing. I mean, 
ACH is so fucking good. He really is. I hope he's doing well, and hopefully we get to see another ACH run where he's happy and healthy. And Adam Cole, like, there's a few, a few exceptions, but Adam Cole pretty much shit on every single wrestler out there, and especially Michael Elgin, and especially Jay Briscoe. But he put over ACH. There's some of the most like creative offense, great offense. He's fun to watch. Well, he did put over a couple of other wrestlers on the show, but we'll talk about that later. There might be some foreshadowing in the future. Um, also, I want to throw this out because we shout out to SJ asking about Ring of Honor themes. It's not one of the ones that immediately comes to mind, but the new theme that Adam Cole has, I'm here for it. I've got something for you. I, I think that I'm pretty sure that's the theme that people really love of his. So, um, the couple times I heard it though, this I mean, obviously, this is a Ring of Honor, and obviously, his Honor Club, the sound is shit, anyways, but it didn't come through at least when I was listening. Didn't come, especially on, on TV, it sounded like shit, but um, I yeah. think that's just Ring of Honor TV. <laughs> um, but in the end, like Will said, we get an Elgin bomb on ACH. Um, you know, another uh, thrown uh, thrown together tag team, but and then uh, we did Court of Honor. But now Elgin and Lethal face Red Dragon next week. So, yes. like you said, another thrown together tag teams giving a title shot. But whatever. Um, after come come back from vacation, I'm gonna try to be more positive here, but. Um, I'm gonna delay that till after the honor rumble. Um, so Will, I'm gonna go through this real quick because there's a lot, and then we'll kind of discuss a little bit here. Um, do you have any quick notes on the honor rumble before I kind of go mishmash of bullshit? I mean, of amazingness. If you're gonna watch a new dawn, which you should, because overall, not a bad live event. It's not super long, but I would say people could skip the honor rumble. I think, I know you'll get to it, the only redeeming quality of this for me was that they had Delirious run out, run around the ring a couple times, go into the ring, and then immediately get thrown out. Because Tom's going to give you all the rundown, but you want to know who's in the Honor Rumble? With the exception of Delirious, it's everybody else that's on the card already, including the four people who were just in... Tag team matches. Like they stayed in the ring. Actually, Pretty much. Actually, Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal went to the back and then came back out. Um, yeah. So, all right. Actually, there, I mean, it was, but Cheeseburger was also in this, but yeah, we'll get to this. Yeah. But, cheeseburger, right. cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Uh, but we're starting with Tatum or Lethal. Uh, like Will said, Lethal just, I mean, so he, I, I didn't even notice. I i thought maybe he stayed in the ring. Um, no, he went to the back and then came back out. And then Taven came out doing like full championship entrance, like with the TV title and everything and the hoopla hotties and. But, uh, Matt, they start off and, uh, you know, Taven, um, 
Oh, yeah. So basically, I mean, he comes out. Yeah, there's no truth. Just take, you know, just the hoopla hotties. Uh, Adam Cole on Kevin Kelly Kelly says there might be too many outstanding warrants. I mean, he's probably not wrong. Uh, but Adam Cole does diss Taven for taking his TV belt. Uh, but he does compare himself to Matt Taven. Um, uh, but then Kyle O'Reilly comes out. Um, you know, Adam Cole's running out Kyle O'Reilly. Because, uh, you know, he carried him. Um, Davey comes out going after Kyle O'Reilly. That comes back. Um, and then uh, Matt Taven, or Davey's giving me wrestling Matt Taven later on for the TV title. Uh, Michael Bennett's next. And next is Delirious. Like uh, Will says, chasing Maria around. Uh, gets eliminated shortly thereafter. Um, then we get ACH, does some things. Uh, Roderick Strong comes out. Uh, like the House of Fire. Um, you know, Delirious is still the only one knocked out, but then out comes Cheeseburger next to Silas. Uh, Silas is a smart one. I love the bunch. He just walks down to the ring, taking the sweetest time. Uh, I mean, you can't blame him. I mean, it's not a fucking marathon. I mean, it's not a marathon. So, uh, Mark Briscoe is next, taking on Silas. Hopefully, we get um, the Josh Alexander. Hopefully, get more Josh Alexander. Uh, Bennett throws out Cheeseburger. Edwards is next, and then Bennett. Uh, be gone with Alexander. Silas is out by Mark. Uh, Tadarius Tomrex is that is out. Uh, Tad Herp, Bobby Fish is also smart. Going slow to the ring, gets a stretch on. Uh, last is ACH is eliminated by TD and Tyler O'Reilly. Uh, so Taven skins a lot of cats, but not everyone kicks him out. And it, you know, I never thought, listen, when you go someone's like hand on top rope, why would you not just kick his hands? Whatever. Um, the the uh, the American Wolves double T Bobby Fish knocking him to the apron, but then they roll him back in the fucking ring. Um, a lot of stuff didn't make sense here. Uh, Richards gets eliminated. Uh, then Roddy gets eliminated. Um, by number one Jay Lethal, Taven eliminates Edwards, and Cole is better as we see. Um, I don't know what those notes mean. Uh, then we yeah. got Bobby Fish, Matt Taven, and Lethal. Uh, Fish eliminates Taven. Uh, lethal, and he thought, uh, or lethal, uh, Taven thought Mark was out, but Mark holds on and uh, eliminates Bobby the Fish and Mark and Cole in the main event eventually on this program. Um, I know that sounded like a hodgepodge of information because Cause you're right, because it is hodgepodge of you know, yeah, not great. No, it's. It was so weird because they didn't establish if there was any kind of intermission before or after. Because yeah. after they did the TV title three way right after this, right? No. Uh, it was Bennett and Edwards. That's right. It was a Bennett Edwards singles match. So Bennett comes out with like the entrance gear and everything back on. It's like he was already out here like a minute ago. Why would you just come back out? Like, you, with, why do you have all, like, your jacket's kind of half on? So you could have just come back out. You've already made an entrance. Yeah, this is just not executable. Um, what? Yeah, so Mark Briscoe's going to have three matches, basically. Um, you know, he had a fucking barn yeah. burner. And he was in that honor rumble for a bit, you know, and he's got to have a main event. So, um, But back to the positivity, Will. Um, 
Our next match, like I said, well, I mean, the aforementioned Michael Edwards and that, or Michael Edwards. Michael Bennett and Eddie Edwards. Um, and sometimes, because these guys are so contrasting, like, in personalities, you forget these two obviously have a long fucking history. Obviously, you know Will, because they're from your neck of the woods. You know, these two have been wrestling together for a long time, and you forget that sometimes. I forget that sometimes, but... Uh, but Adam Cole continues with Jerry Lawler comments about Maria. I mean, you you know, if you know, you know what I mean. Uh, but Cole's talking big things about Bennett, once again, foreshadowing. Um, I did uh, um, crack up. Eddie Edwards actually, like, played a little bit of a character, but did a people's dive imitating the rock. Um, that popped me for sure. Um, Andrews has some amazing counters from both of them, but in the end, uh, Eddie hits the ropes. Maria grabs leg. Uh, Edwards into the waiting arms of Bennett for his career-ending pile driver. So obviously, it looks like Michael Bennett's pile driver is the Florida Key, new Florida Key. So, um, Will, obviously, you're familiar with both, both these guys in your neck of the woods. What does this match? Well, and the pile driver is going to be important when we get to TV. Yep. And we get to the host match. But I think it's ridiculous that this referee watched Several people around the ring get involved with this match. One of the, like, one of the security people got involved. There was a fan got involved. Rick Knox was not the referee for this match. I know it might be hard to believe, given what we're telling you. <laughs> but I mean, it's good. Mike Bennett is really good. He really is. He is just so crisp. And um, so full of personality. Obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, we know he's going to be going through some shit here in the near future, uh, real life. But it's glad to see he's still out there doing it. Uh, he's coming out on the other side. Um, and last Maria was the couple times I've met her has been super super nice. So uh, Bennett's the man. Uh, but this next match, uh, will well, do we want to talk about post match? Kevin Steen comes out. I forgot. I didn't even put that in my notes. Okay. Does this really start John about the better pile drivers again thing? Right no, now? that's on TV. But Steen on the at this live event did run out, and they brawled a bit. Oh. But this took place before TV. Okay. Then. I, I didn't even put that in my notes. And Kevin Steen not in this honor rumble. I mean, why would a former champion want a title shot? But um, but next, uh, Jimmy Jacobs versus Kevin Steen. And if you remember a couple weeks ago, BJ Whitmer quote unquote retired, but he said that uh, Jimmy Jacobs should be given another chance. Um, so if Jacobs wins three out of his next five matches, so fucking random, you get a title shot. Uh, we're actually him and Adam Cole did tear the house down in a match of the year contender, uh, that we had earlier. Um, but as the Kevin Steen matches have been doing lately, start out fast. Both men could have won rather quickly. Um, one match tests a bit short, uh, well, a bit shorter than I would like. Um, you know, Steen pick hits the package pile driver for the win. Um, oh yeah, at the end, Maria comes out says words that Michael's pile driver is better. Oh, um, I had it backwards. Yeah, but Steen gets him in the package pile driver till Maria wrecks the eyes and. Uh, Bennett hits the pile driver on Steen. Okay. See, maybe I should take notes. Yeah. Um, but this match, 
you know, we talked about this in pre-production also. You know, I mean, what do you think this match was? Seven minutes max, if not less. Um, I know I was watching it on tw- double speed, but it still seems super short. And it's like, why wouldn't you advertise this? These two have had barn burners. They've got history, you know. Like, all the history, this is their first meetup since Steel Cage Warfare. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Jacobs says it's three out of uh, such a random number. Um, Yeah, you really could have gotten, you could have done, like, the Honor Rumble as a four-way and, well, whatever. Um, This is definitely a match that could have benefited from more time, but. This is going to sound bad. And again, maybe if I took notes. Have we seen the Silas Young Jimmy Jacobs match? No. Because they reference that on commentary that Silas Young and Jimmy Jacobs had a great match. So I think some of this weirdo storyline stuff we're seeing is because we're getting stuff out of order because of how TV hmm. comes out. I did not notice that. I mean, shit, Jimmy Silas, I'd love that. Um, you know, they're two Midwest guys, so. Um, well, as Will had referenced earlier, um, obviously three guys that were just in a fucking honor rumble. Uh, David Richards versus Roger Strong versus Matt Taven. Um, Matt Taven has a, does the same exact entrance that he did come out to the rumble. Like, the girls shake their booties and everything all the exact same way. It's like, we already saw this. You already came out to the ring once. Yeah. Uh, Leave it in the bag. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, this is a, a three-way dance, so Taven can lose the title without being pinned. Uh, but Davey comes out. Uh, more sexual harassment from Davey Richards as he does some things, but we won't talk about any more than that. Um, oh, and then... Uh, Kevin Kelly sticking to the story. I I just I don't this I don't know. That's why it kind of irked me a little. But Kevin Kelly's talking about the, how the only thing Taven had in his favor was that Roddy and Davey don't like each other. But while he's talking about this, Davey and Roddy are both kicking the piss out of Matt Taven at the same time, like working together. Um, Kevin Kelly maybe kind of you know, but whatever. Um, uh, no truth, Martini tonight. Listen, Will City's probably got some warrants out for us, but uh, the Scarlet Silesia um, doing the same thing they did for the Honor Rumble. Um, I do love Davey's submissions here. He's got that one, that fucking that leg lock thing into a fucking like crucifix. Uh, yeah, it's nasty. But um, yeah, it is like the cloak. It's like a death lock, but he like rolls through. And he grabs the arm, so they make like a, a triangle, but he uses it as like a pinning combination too. Yeah, like a surfboard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a great. Yeah, thanks, Will. That's that's why you'd be color and I would be. Wait, no, whichever one. No, I don't know moves or shit. So, um, you know, all in all, you know, Matt Taven looks good. I mean, he's holding his. I mean, these are two former Ring of Honor World Champions, uh, two of the best in Ring of Honor history. Um, Taven holds his own. Um, some great near falls. Um, some great catches, catch can wrestling, as I guess they call it. Um, but in the end, uh, Davey gets the ankle lock, but Scarlett jumps on the apron. Surprise, surprise, distracting uh, Paul Turner. Uh, so Lizzie grabs Davey, but Davey goes for the Death Rally driver. 
Uh, but Davy gets out of it, puts her in the ankle lock. But uh, Tatum rolls up Davy with some tights uh, for the win. Um, you know, Davy Richards fucked it up. Yeah, you know, so Matt, Matt Taven does retain. I thought Taven looked really good here. Obviously, he's going to win with some chicanery, but I mean, like I said, he's famous. He's wrestling two of the greatest Ring of Honor people ever. Um, I mean, and this is probably a poorly timed joke. But go figure what does Davey in is manhandling a woman. Ooh. He's not wrong. You know, um, another match that probably could have benefited from five, seven more minutes, maybe. Um, Damn, almost like we didn't have this honor rumble thing. Yeah, I know. Um, spoiler alert, Charlotte Graham. I also watched this on two times the speed. Um, you know, it's just life, and you know, you don't miss much, but. Um, but I did miss, obviously, them referencing a Jimmy Jacobs-Silas Young match. But, Will, our main event for uh, New Dawn, uh, Mark Briscoe for, uh, versus Adam Cole for the world title. You know, Mark pulling triple dude. Um, you know, he went to war with Silas earlier, uh, battled in this bullshit on a rumble, and now the main. But, uh, you know, Cole grabs the mic. He says he's going to do three, uh, three things. Uh, first is, um, and he kicks, super kicks Mark Briscoe. Uh, but Jay comes out, um, he loses it. You know, Jay is not happy, so it's good to see Jay back on TV. Um, you know, and uh, something that we had picked on um, Kevin Kelly a couple weeks ago, uh, but Kevin Kelly corrects himself saying Adam Cole started watching wrestling at age nine, but Ring of Honor at age 13. So, Will, I don't know if you remember how we were picking on uh, saying that Adam Cole. You know, we, we looked up the numbers. We, we were trying to check the facts. Yeah, the math, the math didn't add up. But, you know, that's just – me picking nets, but um, I do love the Constance Mark uh, Kung Fu, uh, Redneck Kung Fu on the trapezius. I love that. Good stiff match. I mean, say what you will about uh, Adam Cole. He does take the fucking ass whooping. Um, he does wrestle strong style. So, uh, but yeah, Mark hits Froggy Bowl, but goes for the Jay Driller. Uh, but Jay gets his, uh, or Cole gets his leg on the rope. Uh, fakes an injury. Surprise, surprise. I don't know why anyone would fall for that. Uh, but surprise, a super kick into a Florida key. Um, really remember the good old days when super kick was a finisher? Like the DDT was? Yeah. Um, that devastating, you know, Florida key. You know, your main event really went about 12 minutes, maybe. Uh, but Jay's back, screaming words to Cole. Cole lifts off. Elgin sneaks into the ring. Uh, almost Elgin bombs Cole, but run, uh, Cole runs off. Uh, Jay is punching everyone in sight, but Cole left his belt in the ring, and Elgin wraps her uh, with a belt in his hands. Um, boy, I wonder if we're going to see that again or not. But you know, solid match. You know, I mean, Mark is. I mean, Mark is. A, he's a fucking stud. You know, for all the punishment we went, and he's a national treasure. We haven't said that in a couple weeks, but these these last three matches, especially, will really could have used some extra time each. Absolutely. Um, How do you feel about our new world champion's first title defense being on the show in Podunk, Minnesota? I don't like it. I mean, even Adam Cole said he's like, I had to win a, a 16-man tournament to get my, my shot with a title. And all these people got to do is win an over-the-top battle royal. He's not wrong. You know, um... You know, a lot of great, 
this was a great jumping off point for the new Adam Cole character. Is it he the way he's he's kind of you know the way he just like trashes like so many of the other people in the card, puts over Matt Taven. You know, because people are qual- kind of qualifying all his wins. But he's like Matt Taven's still winning. Like Matt Taven has successfully defended that belt every time. Yeah, that's that's uh, he's just gonna beat the people in front of him. So, um, yeah, and uh, listen, obviously, will we have the the benefit of of foresight? But obviously, that's some foreshadowing. So we'll see when that all comes to fruition. But all in all, I mean, you take the honor rumble out in you know these matches that didn't get enough time, but I really enjoyed the action in the ring. Um, storytelling's a little, eh, you know, the whole, you know. Adam Cole keeps dropping the belt. You know, obviously we're going to see it on TV. You know, spoiler alert, we're going to see it on TV too. But, um, you know, ending with with Michael Elgin, but obviously Ring of Honor is high on Elgin. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a nice surprise that they did put the belt on Cole because obviously everyone thought it was going to be Elgin. So, you know, all in all, I would give this show probably a B minus. You know, on a rumble, probably a solid B just because of the shitty storytelling, but. Oh no, fun. I mean, the first three matches were fucking bangers, so. Yeah, show's all right. I think it's, I'd say it's fine for a watch. Like I said, maybe, uh, maybe skip the Honor Rumble. Yeah, but I mean, if you get a chance, really go out of your way to watch the first two matches for sure. You know, uh, Monster Mafia and, uh, Red Dragon and Mark and Mark and Silas were were expected. So, um, but a good segue will into uh, Ring of Honor TV episode one oh nine, original air date October nineteenth two thousand thirteen. Um, solid episode of TV. Um, but yes, you know I think you liked it a little bit more than I did. Maybe I was a little bitter by the time I got to it, but uh. See, I watch TV first. Ah, okay. I watched TV first. You know, I, you know what I liked about the TV? is We had lots of story development. Yeah. More than just one story. Action was a little short, but uh, how about uh, um, Mark Bristol versus Tiberius Thomas as your curtain jerker, though? Fucking love it. You oh, know. one thing that we that we didn't bring up that I didn't think of and I forgot to bring up during a new dawn, and we're talking about the tag team division. Kevin Kelly was talking about Outlaw Inc. and hearing Kevin Kelly describe it made me like it even less than I already didn't like it. <laughs> when it's like, oh, they're in suits, but they wear the clown masks, and then they they're supposed to shake hands, and then they're saying that they got to get rid of these cancers, and people are going to be punished. It's like this is—it's too much. It's like they had like six different ideas, and they just put them all together. It's like these two people could be doing so much better than what they're doing. So anyway, I digress. What a hell of an opener! Yeah. Um... When they said two martial arts masters, this is not what a uh, the two the the Mark Briscoe was not the second participant I expected to uh you know. to see. Well, you know, uh, we say it all the time. It's an adage. The you know, 
since the dawn of time. Um, Styles make fights, and this all he did. Uh, I mean, Will, it's the first we witnessed history here, Will. It's the first wrestling match in history where a capoeira artist took on a redneck kung fu artist. It's um, probably the only time. Um, you know, Kevin Kelly talks on how uh, Tadarius is really the only capoeira pr- practitioner um, in wrestling at the time, which I find pretty interesting because you would think that style would lend itself to wrestling, but um, I guess not everyone listens to as much stuff to as we do. So, um, you know, fun match, way too short. You know, this is, what, five minutes? You know, Mark gets the froggy bowl for the win. Um, but we do get a code of honor cart kind of. Well, we got code of honor card, kind of, but uh, Mark Mark Briscoe bows and then runs off and does Mark things. Um, I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, Will, besides this match being too short, what do you think? No, it's good. Mark Briscoe is a great way to open the show. Yeah, he, he's a na- he, he's a national chair, and we say it all the time. And this is a great example. Um, Tadaris is a great dance partner for him. Um, yeah, hopefully someday we can get like a 10, 15 minute match of these two, but we'll see. Uh, but Will, there's no, uh, no 1-800 or 855 cash now anymore. So, but we do there's get not. welcome to Sandy Fork DVD, which we'll do a watch along one of these days. But, um, we get an Adam Cole promo and, uh, you know, Kevin Kelly putting him over as the multi-million dollar champ. Let's not get crazy with the multi-million dollars here, but, uh, um, you know, like we said 15 times in this episode so far, Adam Cole is a better heel. Well, goddamn, that is a sweet looking suit, though. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not what you call a fashionista, but great looking suit. So, uh, but Cole calls, uh, you know, Jay is washed up. You know, and Elgin was the poster boy, but he made him his bitch. Uh, El- Elgin comes out, Cole powders, but Jay comes out, uh, you know, back him into the ring. Elgin is waiting, takes a swing, Cole ducks, drops the belt. Elgin grabs him and then, uh, you know, grabs the belt again. So just like the ending of the show. And uh, him and Jay, you know, Jay gets in the ring saying it's, uh, you know, his belt. And uh, they say loud words and security comes out. So kind of a running theme here. But, um, yeah, I mean, I- I'm digging Adam Cole as a, as a heel finally, so. Um, literally got anything to add to that that promo at all? No, I like the note. I'm pretty sure it was in the TV promo where he talks about how him and Elgin are called like the standouts of a generation or of, of the crop. Is and they do it they do it to benefit Elgin because had, Elgin was the guy they had picked out. To, to be their winner and to be their like their star basically yeah. but Adam Cole is your champ baby yeah um well next will we've got a uh intergender match uh it was nice to see Prince Nana on the call um not to put over another podcast but I did just listen to uh, Prince Nana on Jericho while I almost took my pants in my walk this evening. Uh, hey, listen, this is a really kind of cool to listen to Prince Nana's story. Um, I guess when he got called by HBW, he took an Uber, a $600 Uber from New York to Boston uh, to make the show. 
Um, of course, not really used to characters. But Will, this is Cheeseburger's first match on TV. I mean, he's been around so much, you think he's had a match, but... Um, His first match on TV? Are you sure? That's what, they, that's what they said. I haven't gone back in my notes yet, but yeah. Hmm. He's been around a lot. Uh, but I, feel, I, know, I feel like he's had to have had at least one match on TV before this, no? I, you know, I'll have to go back and look. We'll have to check the cage match. Um, a burger in him, uh, you know, our cheeseburger and Maria lock up. Um, right, because the, the argument is is because Cheeseburger and Maria are of similar size, so that's uh... um, and, uh, Bur- and Burger can't shoulder blocker. Um, Maria actually looked pretty solid wrestling-wise in this match, surprisingly. I mean, she really took those shoulders. I mean, now they're coming from Cheeseburger, but... Um, but of course, Bennett kicks him. Uh, you know, eventually Brutal Bob gets the hot tag. Uh, they do some fun tag team moves. Um, I did really like when Cheeseburger jumped on Brutal Bob's back and then um, Bennett a cold, cold stunner. So that was kind of fun. And obviously, Bennett hits the box office match on Cheeseburger. Um, afterwards, Bennett says he's ended BJ with the best pile driver ever. Um, he's going to pile drive Burger, but Kevin Steen comes out. Um, Kevin Steen talks how his pile driver is better, uh, but I do like how Kevin Steen has a package pile drive everyone's shirt uh, shirt on, and uh, they fight and go from there. So, um, yeah, Will, like you said, you saw this first, so that was obviously the precursor to what happened on, on TV, but um, I don't know. This, this match bothered me, but I, I like the story development, but other than that, any thoughts on this, Will? I thought this was a fun little romp, and I liked... The bit at the end where Steen comes out and he's like, look, I don't care that you ended BJ Whitmer's career. He's like, he's a big boy. He knew, he knows what the risks are. He's like, I don't really care about you potentially pile driving cheeseburger and ending this kid's career before he starts. And as he's saying that brutal or uh, yeah, brutal Bob is carrying cheeseburger like yeah. away. He's like, I guess take the child away. Oh, yeah. Um, but the the best pile driver, right? You got to respect the move set. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm so down on this match, but let's say I really did like the the Stone Cold Stunner from those two. So, um, Brutal Bob Cheeseburger could be interesting, but you know, we'll see. I do need. Also, to- also, I'm sorry if I missed it. Did you? Bring up how Kevin Steen said that Bennett was crying like a bitch backstage after he heard the news. Kayfabe, brother. <laughs> no, I didn't actually. That's that's what really set him off because Steen said you were crying like a bitch after you found out that Whitmer was like done after, and that's when the hands started getting thrown. Oh shit, I missed that. That's awesome. Hmm. Interesting. All right. It gets us Kevin Steen on our TV. I'm 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 here for it. Yeah. Uh well, we're going on to our main event before we get there though. We get uh highlights real quick. 
uh, of the tag team belt hot potato that's going on the past month with the 14 uh, title changes. Uh, but before the match starts, we do get Shining Wizard podcast recent guest Colby Carino's dad, Steve Carino, uh, with a sweet yellow suit, I do say. It is It is bright yellow. It's definitely not bright. Um, it would be something that I would be very happy if I was wearing while I was on a walk because people could see me a mile away. Um, you know, but I mean, he's not wrong. He's got a contract before all this happened saying he's the permanent TV announcer. Permanent. That's that's the key word, right? He's the permanent until Ring of Honor ends. He's the caller commentator. Um, and he has a piece of paper that gets left in the ring. He tells. What does what Nigel say? It's like, do you want me to get in there and show you like what a real legend does or something like that? Yeah. So whatever, whatever, Nigel. You're not going to do shit. Yeah. But Carino says, he's like, you're forcing me out of my job. Like, you are affecting my pay that I used to feed my family. Yeah. So, you know, they should, I mean, he's permanent, so he's, he's not wrong, so... Uh, hopefully we get some Steve Carino back soon, but uh, well, will for our main event, the main event, we've got CNC Wrestle Factory thrown into a fucking match with the former tag team champions, the Forever Hooligans, and the current tag team champions, Red Dragon. I mean, will God for fucking bid, Wrestle Factory would actually just get a tag team title shot. With just one team, uh, what? Well, that's the story, right? It's like they never get the one-on-one match. Yeah, and it's the argument. It's like, are, are, do they not have the tag belts because they don't have? Because they get shut out of this match for the most part. And it's largely just Forever Hooligans and Red Dragon. Yeah. A couple of good spots, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, Caprice does that elbow thing, but... You know, it was some hot fire action. Uh, you know, at least we didn't get the hug this time, but we did get the Casa kicks. Um, Kasa... you, know what, you know what spot I didn't like? Was the bit where Kozlov was like running Rocky Romero across the ring to do like the knees? Yeah. Because he was going so slow. There was like no impact by the time he actually like got to the corner. It's like after the first one, I don't think I would have run across the ring and done it again. I would have been like, you know what? I don't think that really worked out. Let's let's just fix that. Hold him in the ring, brother. Um... But, uh, that one stomp that uh, Kozlov did hit on, hit on Kyle O'Reilly, though, looked fucking nasty. Um, oh, yeah, the one after the Kozlov kicks where he did, like, the, the running. Yeah. That looked heavy. Oof. Yeah, I was like, ouch. Um, you know, um, solid match, but, you know, in the end, obviously, you know, Kyle O'Reilly's added that, that rolling DDT after uh, or off the ropes before in Chasing the Dragon. Um, yeah, they – Hooligans went for that torture rack drop move that they do. Yeah. Bobby Fish intercepts him on the outside. O'Reilly runs up the corner and hits the the 
the DDT with a roll through. Chasing the dragon. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Chris Jericho and Chris Nana, Chris Nana said that uh, that is the hardest wrestling move he's ever taken. He mentioned that actually specifically. So I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, Red Dragon retains the belts. Uh, but Will, in the end, we get the weird music and the whole hit and caboodle. And uh, Outlaw Inc. comes out and they stare down Red Dragon, and Red Dragon takes a powder and uh, does the MTV. So, um, how are you feeling about a Red Dragon versus Outlaw Inc. tag team match? I'm not loving the Outlaw Inc. shtick, but I mean, I think if we were just getting Red Dragon versus Homicide and Eddie Edwards, I'd be more excited. I just don't like how they're packaged right now. Yeah, it's just why would you have two killers like that? But it'll be good. I mean, the like Bobby again, Bob Bobby Fish at the character work, right? Bobby Fish's character work is really good because he can play off Kevin Kelly. He plays off people in the ring. Hmm. Kevin Kelly will say, you know, Bobby Fish is one of the greatest wrestlers on Ring of Honor. He'll be the first to tell you. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly, not a lot of personality. Eddie Kingston and Homicide have tons of personality, and it's stuck behind this goofy, oh, we got to wear suits, but we're wearing clown masks, and like the, the finger-breaking gimmick, I don't quite get why that's a thing. Hmm. They got to do something though, because they, they've been they they chat up how on fire the tag team division is and how like volatile it is. It's like it's not really though. You had the wolves, you've had forever hooligans, you got red dragon. You you had a three team like roster basically. Yeah. So I mean I'm. We'll see where it goes. I've been happy with TV the last couple weeks. I would say I might even be looking forward to next week's. All right. I like to hear it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we've got some story development here. Um, hopefully they actually do put some em em emphasis on the actual tag team divisions here, I hope, one of these days. Um yeah, this all you're. I mean, you're 100 right with it with homicide and Andy Kingston. I mean, you know, the whole weird entrance thing was cool the first time, but now it's like the gigs up. Let them wrestle. I already didn't like it, and then at a new dawn when Kevin Kelly's kind of like explaining it and breaking it down, like what their whole gimmick thing is. It's like. I'm liking it the less, the more he talks about it, because it's just pointing out how this feels like three different things, all just like put together. It's like just, you could have just picked one. Yeah. Oh, well. So, but uh, all in all, Will, like we always ask if this is your first. Uh... Your first episode of Ring of Honor TV, what would your thoughts be? Oh, I'd be curious curious enough to keep watching. I I was happy with this episode. It's okay. 
Yeah, it was I was a little down on it. I don't know. Maybe I just I really didn't enjoy the middle match as much. Um, you know, and I wish Mark and Tadarius would have got more time, but some fun stuff on the horizon. So yeah, it'd be a good time. So, but uh, Will, as we've been on this call here for for three plus hours, and I'm sure our better halves are pro probably both wondering where the fuck we are. Um, you got any final comments, thank yous, or anything before we pull this train into the proverbial station? Just the usual stuff. Thank you to the wives. Thank you, Shining Wizards Network. Thank you, Visionaries Global Media. Thank you, SJ, Rob, and Brendan for questions and support. Tom, thank you for pushing the buttons and sealing the deals. Doing something, so... Yeah, and I appreciate you know as a you know it's hard to imagine we haven't done this in two and a half weeks so but it was it was it was good to talk to you again Will so yeah I appreciate all the comic book knowledge but yeah thanks to my my better half uh she's enjoying her Zeldaing um yeah that's all I really got but yeah thanks to everybody we'll but uh we'll talk to everybody next week we've got more TV and we got another pay per view for next week so it's gonna rule ass but make sure you uh. So, you know, send in those uh, questions of dishonor to uh, the Twitter, but uh, we'll talk to everybody later. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale.